All right, welcome back, everybody, uh, to another episode of the Just Browsing Podcast. I am your co-host, Zach, back again with Matthew today, and we're going to bring you a spinoff conversation to our previous episode, which was all about technology, which kind of, you know, if you have listened to it, you know that it kind of ventured into a bunch of different territories. If you haven't listened to it, please go give that a listen, um, but I think we're going to we're going to start kind of like a little new mini series and this will probably just happen sporadically where we'll do a technology related discussion as a sort of spinoff from that initial conversation. And this first one, I think we wanted to make it kind of about, uh, Matt and I had this idea a few months ago to kind of discuss the changing landscape of streaming services basically and how people consume television and movies and stuff like that because it's been kind of a fascinating industry to watch start and then grow to just an astronomical size and it's constantly like evolving so that's kind of what we wanted to dig into a little bit yeah and i think with you know the the pandemic that we've all experienced you know movies weren't a thing all right i mean they they came out on limited basis Mm -hmm. but they came out on the streaming services and you had to pay individually for them and most cases, they were more expensive than buying an actual movie ticket. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it kind of showed like what the few, like, you know, we could do without movie theaters, but what would it be like? And what, you know, kind of is it like for, I mean, I would say probably like 70% of the world has access and uses a streaming service of some sort in related to TV shows or movies. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 there's a lot to unpack. I think I kind of wanted to back up and just start with like, because I, this is, with a lot of stuff, I think, especially stuff that happens in real time, I try and reserve, just me personally, I try and reserve like a lot of judgment or opinions on things until it's like happened and you can kind of go back and look at, okay, now that the thing has happened, there's a beginning, middle, and end, we can go back and analyze what happened, what went well, what didn't go well, all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's just, it's kind of like... Um, well, so for that, we've got to go back to the beginning of our time, <laughs> which means we got to go back to the old VHSs, because that was the first right. streaming service, or well, the first streaming service was called Blockbuster. Yeah, okay, so let's, let's, let's do that. Let's go back to, so when you and I were growing up, and when I was watching the Star Wars movies, the Indiana Jones movies, all that kind of stuff. Every movie. It was all on VHS. Yep. I mean, that was you had a VCR in your house, or at least my parents had a VCR in their house, and we just had a bunch of VHS tapes. Yep. And I wore out the original Star Wars trilogy on VHS. Just wore it out. My, my dad had that new, uh, the newer collection one that was like a limited release set mm-hmm. that had like a cool box, and yeah. you could tell yeah. that you know my brother and I were the ones that were getting in to grab the movies because it was all, <laughs> you know, dink. like if you probably had yeah. that sealed, it's probably worth a couple thousand bucks right yeah. now. Yeah. But yeah, we. Ours looked like shit, too. Yeah, there's. it's like a book. If you ever see a book on someone's shelf who's clearly been read a lot, like the spine is all kind of jacked up, that's what our box looked like for those Star Wars trilogies. So, yeah, you're you're the same way. I'm sure you and your brother were doing the same thing that Sam and I were doing, just wearing those movies out. But it was, you know, so we've gone from that where, you know, and especially, so getting into your blockbuster, you know, note, 
Blockbuster comes around, and then there was also Hollywood Video. Hollywood Video, and I'm sure there were others too. I don't know if that was like regionally specific to Colorado, or if I that mean, was Blockbuster a is nationwide. Thing. I know that. Yeah. I, as far as Hollywood Video goes, that's one I mean, I'm not that, sure that was about. there, I, I and then know. it was gone. Yeah. Like, and I, that was the only location I knew of. Right. Me too. So I didn't know if that was like a regional thing, or if they had Hollywood Video all over the place, but. Blockbuster was like a mainstay of my youth, and I'm sure yours too. Every of, Friday night, just of, Yeah, if you want to have a movie night, that's where you ended up. You'd yep. go, like me and Sam would go with my dad. We'd you know peruse the aisles. We would pick out a couple of movies and rent them, and then at the front, right as you're going to you know rent your movies, you buy some popcorn, some yep. Skittles, or whatever it is that you want to snack on while you're watching the movie. It was, and the it was like home this movie theater. Big experience it was yep. like this, and you would talk to people in there and they'd recommend movies to you and stuff and you'd like and then one of the most frustrating things in the world was when you'd be like you know let's say for example like a new terminator movie's out and you really want to watch it and they only have like three copies take and they're the all rented up. out so frustrating that was the worst well, and i mean i guess i'll jump ahead just a tad but like you know we go from vhs's to dvds mm-hmm. like that was the pretty much the next step and it's the same thing you take the empty box up because they wouldn't just have them sitting right. there right and you'd be like i want to see this. I'm like oh we're all out of that and you're like yeah. motherfuckers like and then you're like i gotta go find something else yeah like i think most people listening to this podcast remember a time when that was how you watched movies or you rented movies but for anyone who is listening and just think about like try and put your shoes put yourself in the shoes of someone from like the youngest generation that we have now who never they were not they grew around up with Netflix. Blockbuster was just gone by the time they were coming right. around and they grew up with Netflix. Like imagine what it would be like if you wanted to watch l- let's say some big like The Irishman, right? And you went to Blockbuster, and the only three copies of The Irishman were all rented. Like, how frustrating that would be to come back in another day. And then you have to get lucky that the guy in front of you isn't like, I'll get Irishman. Like, oh, this is our last copy. And you're like, you bastard. (laughs) Yeah. Gotta come back again. And then back in the VHS days, you had to take the movie home pop it in and then you know blockbuster's big thing was be kind rewind yep. a lot of people wouldn't no. rewind so it'd be at the very end of the movie so in the credits and you had to rewind rewind the whole thing to start it over from the beginning and there's it's no just, quick way to rewind a vhs when yeah. you when i mean when like the the nicest vhs that my parents had when you would put it on rewind that thing was like humming yeah, and i'm sitting yeah. there like <laughs> that if if it gets caught or something uh-huh. we're not watching a movie no more yeah and well i remember i don't know if yours was like this or if this was particular to my parents you know v- v- vcr um but there was like one type of rewind when it was like you're you're viewing the film and you can rewind and it goes a little bit slower and then the other one was where you would stop and then hit rewind, yeah. and it would go way faster. Yeah, if you hit stop and yeah. rewind, yeah. it would just spin the film backwards without yeah. trying to project an image exactly. on your screen. Yeah, it would just go. It was a much quicker experience, but yeah. it would still take forever. It still took a couple of minutes, I feel like. To, and then to DVDs, get all the way back. you know, DVDs came around, and you know, as far as we go, DVDs have been around for the majority of our mm. our lives. Let's, yeah. let's be real. Yeah. I mean, DVDs kind of jumped right in when we mm. were. You know, at that age where we kind of were like, let's watch a movie, yeah. and we had the choice, they jumped in. So we went from my parents were always like, rewind the you know the movies, to we put a DVD in and you could just pop it out and yep. that was it. You're like, I don't have to rewind it. Yeah, you know, like this is this is yeah brilliant. Like this is a great <laughs> idea. So, so it's funny. My parents until about I don't know. I'm gonna say like four years ago, still had their VCR in their house, and we had the. The, okay, so the the original Star Wars trilogy 
I think they're still at my parents' house on VHS, but we hadn't really used them or used the VCR in a really long time. And the same thing with the prequels. And somehow we ended up with like two of the prequels on VHS and one on DVD. I don't know really. You could really see like when the transition happened from when we were buying them at Best Buy or wherever. So I'm showing them to Taya. Like we're going through the first time viewing experience she's ever seen Star Wars. And we get to the prequels and I go, I'm like, well, we got them on VHS. We're going old school. Fuck it. And I put them in there and like it totally broke our VCR. Like, oh yeah, the VCR probably hadn't been ran in yeah, like five years. It hadn't years. been run probably longer. 20 I, years, yeah, it, 30 it, years. it had been a, it'd been sitting down there for a while. And I'm sure that VHS hadn't been tried to play in forever. So it totally crapped out. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. We just, I was like, come get in the car with me. We just got in the car, drove to Best Buy. I bought the prequel trilogy on DVD and Blu ray, and then we came back home Bro, and used the, the DVD player. And went, life went, hack for anybody out there if you're looking for new movies. Walmart on Black Friday usually has $5 DVDs, and a lot of them are newer releases. Like, you can go get some good movies. They've got a lot of $1 ones on Uh Black Fridays. Like, just go in and get whatever you want, because that's how I have, like, 15 copies of Harry Potter. (laughs) The one thing I will say, though, I've tried that before, and I've gotten burned. I bought um, Catch Me If You Can with Leo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks, and the DVD was fucked. Like, it... Oh, you're just bad at picking out boxes. That might be it. I mean, it looked fine. It looked like there was not damage to it or anything, but the DVD itself like won't play. It goes like 30 minutes in, and then it just stops, basically. And I was like, fuck. So that's what I got for going cheap and trying to spend like $2 on a DVD at Walmart. Well, <laughs> now you don't have to worry about it because we've True. evolved from DVDs. Well, So we, we moved from DVDs to Blu-ray. Yeah, Blu-ray which, was like the next Which was thing. just an yeah. HD version of right. DVD. That's right. when HD TVs really were starting to come yeah. out. and like. Which, I'm not going to lie... So I'm used to Blu-ray a little bit more now, but I don't know about you. The first time I really saw someone watching a Blu-ray movie was one of the Transformers movies, and they were watching it on this really nice TV, and they were watching the Blu-ray version of it. And I was really thrown off by it. It looked like so real, it was almost fake to me. Like, see, I've seen a the, few like the first time like I saw that. it, where I was like, "What? Is, like, what is this? It looks right. super like, strange. like you can almost like, reach in and like, yeah, yeah, like, it f- touched the screen. It was a very hard thing to describe. And like, that's that's a very poor way of describing it. But that's the only way I can come no, up I, with. It's I like, totally know what you're talking <laughs> about because I've seen movies yeah. like that. Like when I've been like when I was TV shopping, actually. Some TVs, I'm like, okay, this looks really good. And then I'm like, that just looks like it, it looks weird. But yeah, it's yeah. a nicer TV that it looks weird on yeah. because it's coming through and like currently like a 4K or right. it's on the Blu-ray. And it just like brings the colors to you in a different way. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know I think if it's, I like Like, I don't yeah. think I ever bought a Blu-ray disc. We never bought a Blu-ray player. I mean, a PlayStation technically counts because they could play the right, Blu-rays. Right, right, right. But I never bought Blu-rays because I was just like... Why spend the extra ten dollars yeah. to get it in HD version when the DVD version's just perfect? Yeah, like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. I'm I'm definitely used to it. I'm more used to it now because I, I think a lot of the ones that I still buy are like a Blu-ray DVD combo. And since the PS4 will play Blu-rays, I just I I do the Blu-ray version. Well, I think and now it looks they don't. great, but I think it a lot of it depends on what kind of a TV you're watching it on. Like you said, because I think right. if you have one that's like maybe not quite the most advanced you know screen like the 4k led and all this kind of stuff it looks fine but if you get one that's like that it's almost like your brain is not used to seeing something that looks that clear and that sharp so it looks right weird it looks to you, weird you know what i mean you're like it looks it's so real it's almost fake like i said it's yeah like just why does this look so funny like <laughs> you know what i mean um but 
so yeah, we've kind of gone through the evolution of the VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, and then at one point, Netflix was a rival to Blockbuster in the DVD rental business. Like that's how they right, started. It, that's how it started. Was yeah. it's a, it was a, it was a rental service that yeah. you would go online and order. Right. And the nice thing with Netflix, though, that Blockbuster didn't have was they usually didn't run out of stock because exactly. they had so much inventory. Yeah. And, I mean, that's kind of how, like, Redbox got started. Mm-hmm. The idea of it was, let's just go put a box out with a shitload of movies in it and uh-huh. let people rent them for five bucks or whatever. And yeah. then they just come put them back or they just, you know, we'll charge their credit card till they pay the movie off. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean. Um, so the... I never did you ever personally use the Netflix DVD service? I never had a Netflix subscription until I was in college. Yeah, I'm the same way. So I never I knew people who and there are it still exists. It's not like it went away. There are people who still to this day will rent I think a lot more of it's video in the games. Mail. Yeah, there's that too. Um but I knew some people who did that. I just never personally did that. And then when I got a Netflix subscription, it was all streaming. It had gone to yep. like basically that was the predominant form of Netflix was it was a something that you streamed to a device and you watched your movies via the internet. Right. Basically. As soon as Netflix realized that, you know, and, and streaming services, I mean, they were, the, they were the streaming service. For a long time. The only one yeah. out there. And they used to have everything on yeah. there. And now it's becoming more and more exclusive, which is, you know, why we're having this discussion because... Yes. In my opinion, and I'll just jump straight into it, there is way too many streaming services, and they all are trying for money. Uh, to me, it's all money grab type things. Oh, you know, get our streaming service. Well, no, now you need to get our streaming service because we're taking that show off, but you can uh-huh. watch all of them here. Uh-huh. You know, it started with Netflix, and then I think Hulu was slowly uh, yeah. introduced after yeah. Netflix. I think Hulu, I think, was kind of the runner-up. It seemed like, but but they were behind. Like that, you could tell they were lagging behind Netflix yeah. in terms of you know the account creations, the people, and the movies and shows they mm-hmm. were getting. You could tell they were behind the eight ball because Netflix had built an empire. Netflix yeah. was like. We are literally your movie empire. Yes. And then Hulu came along. And then I think it was maybe HBO when yeah. with the HBO. Because it was, was HBO, HBO Plus now and now. HBO Go for a while. So I think they came in or it and was Prime Video. I was going to say Amazon Prime, I think. I remember being kind of right but, around there. But Prime... It's more, it's, it's more of a newer streaming service. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's not necessarily, I wouldn't call Amazon Prime like a streaming service. It's more of, or Prime Video, I guess we should call it. Because right, Amazon right. Prime is, yeah. I mean, Prime Video is a perk of Amazon yeah, you're Prime. Right. I guess Prime Video would be what we need to say. Yeah. Right. So Prime Video is a perk of Amazon Prime. So if you have an Amazon account for Amazon shopping, you're just you get Amazon Prime or yeah. Prime Video. Excuse me, yeah, yeah. it's so confusing with how much <laughs> Amazon shit there is. So it's one of, like it, it is another streaming, and they partner with HBO on certain movies and shows, and they partner with Netflix. Like they they partner with Showtime. Like they partner with all these people, but they're constantly changing. But I do realize that Amazon shows newer releases than Netflix. Yes, yes, that is true. And, you know, like Netflix, like I'll just use this as an example because it's my favorite show of all time, The Office. Oh, yeah. When Peacock came out, NBC's streaming service, they took all NBC streaming shows off of Netflix. Mm-hmm. So that you have to go to Peacock, their streaming service. Yeah. 
So that was kind of one of the things I wanted to get into. And this, this is why I think there's like a lot to unpack about this discussion is like, like we said, for the longest time, for years, it was Netflix only. I mean, they dominated. They still are really dominating in terms of subscriptions, in terms of the money that they spend on content and the amount of content they produce. And then, yeah, I think the real major players, competitors with Netflix are probably Hulu, Prime, and maybe HBO. And then now we're in this era of, I think the last maybe couple of years, you could really say it has just splintered into like a thousand different streaming I mean, you services. Got ESPN like. Plus, Disney yeah. Plus. I'm, I think Nickelodeon has a streaming service or they're developing yep. one. Apple TV Plus. Apple TV yep. Plus. You've got uh, Peacock. HBO. You've got There's Showtime. Paramount Plus. Peacock, <laughs> Paramount Plus, Discovery Plus. Discovery, yeah. Like literally every, every network out there. And a lot of these are on the same net. I mean, that's like why I like Hulu right now is because I have an ESPN Plus account to watch UFC fights. Yeah. Well, you could partner ESPN Plus with Disney Plus and Hulu mm-hmm. for like thirteen ninety nine a month. By the way, this is a sponsored stream by Hulu, uh, ESPN <laughs> Plus, and Disney Plus. So thanks for hooking us up, guys. <laughs> but no, you could uh, you know you can partner all those three together, and then you get three streaming services for the price of yeah, you know thirteen ninety nine, which is pretty good for all three of those combined. Yeah. But it's like, why do I need fifteen streaming services? Yeah, and I think it's been one of those things where it's it's a headache now at this point to keep up with how many streaming services there are and i think it's been it's been very interesting to watch and it will be very interesting to watch in the next i don't know five years what happens in terms of the switch from cable to people just basically doing all streaming services and is that just going to morph into the new version of cable you know what i mean yeah i mean i think it'll be very interesting because you know in terms of cable they have such a it's a monopoly with cable. I For mean, sure. you, you have Comcast, you have Dish, and you have DirecTV. Yeah, and that's it, basically. And and people are like, well, there's you know Spectrum and all that. Yeah, the, all that shit is whatever. owned by like right. Comcast. It's owned by one of them. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Sling is owned by Dish. Yeah, Spectrum's owned by Com. So any cable service out there is owned by one of three it's like providers. Three conglomerates, basically. Yeah, through the entire country. So yeah, I think people are slowly realizing. You know, I th- like my brother, for example, him and his wife, they don't have cable. Yeah. They have the Hulu, li- has live sports, but it that's, has like 76 channels or something on it. That's what we we recently transitioned to. But I think the thing that is going to be interesting to watch is, okay, so if you think about prior to streaming services, you had cable and your Wi-Fi. And your cable gave you however many, like way too many channels. No one needed that many channels, like hundreds of channels. And you paid X amount of money. Mm-hmm. And now you, like, the, for example, just personal experience, Taya and I just recently did this where we cut out the cable, kept the Wi-Fi, and added the Hulu plus live TV. So right. that's one of the, you know, however many streaming services we have now, five or six different streaming services. So if we want to watch cable television, quote unquote, we just go to our Hulu. But at a certain point, you know, you start, uh, you know, the five ninety nine, the ten ninety nine, the fifteen ninety nine. At what point does it, it become more than yeah, cable? It, none of that sounds too bad alone by itself. But when you have, I mean, at a certain point, there might be people with like fifteen different streaming services. Realistically, and the cheapest one that I can think of is probably Amazon Prime, right? Or maybe Netflix at seven ninety nine a month. So I mean, you're probably going to be getting yourself to like what 
60, 70, 80 bucks a month in terms of what, depending on what sort of streaming services you're going to be signing up for in just streaming services. And it's like, at what point are you just back to being at square one where you were with cable where you're like, okay, now I'm paying for all of these different things that I don't really need. I use Netflix 99% 99% of the time, and I just have all these other ones just because. Because there's one show, or, or, yeah, one or movie one show. out there. And that's my thing. And I guess we can kind of steer into the content-related stuff a little bit later. I kind of just wanted to touch on the technology stuff first. But, like, it's tough for me because for the longest time, we just had Netflix. And I right. was, like, happy with Netflix. And then I eventually signed up for HBO Now, which was basically the streaming version of HBO if you didn't have HBO with your cable. Right. And the only reason I did that is because there was so many shows on cable that I had not seen and that there were new ones coming out that I wanted to see where I was like, I need to catch up on all these, you know, like The Sopranos, The Wire, Game of Thrones, all these crazy shows that HBO does where everyone's like, oh my God, these are amazing. I hadn't seen any of them. So I was like, I'm signing up for HBO. And that was like, that was it. I had Netflix, HBO Now. And then (laughs) next thing you know, fast forward a few years later, now I have Hulu, ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus, Amazon. It's like, it's kind of it's, exhausting. It's like endless. Like if you want to yeah. watch anything, you have to have. But I will say this: cable kind of owns rights to a lot of these. If you go uh, yeah, to yeah. like a like a Discovery Plus, they go sign in with your cable provider. Right. So you either pay for their service, right, or you pay for or it through your cable exactly, provider. Exactly. So it's like. You know, how, like you said, how expensive does it get if you end? Say you watch twenty different shows, you know, through yeah. throughout a year, yeah, and they're all on twenty different channels. That yeah. means twenty different services at probably at, roughly fifteen bucks a pop, right? So that's more expensive than just having cable, <laughs> right? It's, it's just it, it doesn't make sense, yeah. And all you do is see new streaming services come up. It's happening. Every day, you just see new ones and, all the and time. And I get, as far as technology goes, cable is slowly dying. Yeah. Because streaming services are killing it, per se. Yeah. But at what point do we realize that live TV isn't a streaming service feature? Yeah. NBC News isn't owned by Netflix. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure NBC is owned by Comcast. Yeah. And anything that Comcast owns is not going to go onto a streaming service unless they're like, hey, here's a $400 streaming service, and you have to pay for a cable box to to play it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, wait a second. That takes the whole point of streaming out. And they're like, no, no, trust us. Yeah. We're Comcast. Well, and then it gets gets really – it's a good point you bring up because it gets very confusing to figure out, all right, which company owns which other company that does this streaming service? Because if you think about it, Disney owns – I think like 50% of Hulu, they own obviously ESPN. So ESPN Plus is all a Disney product. I think they own Fox. Yeah, they now own Fox. ABC. So like all of the FX show, like I've watched a few FX shows on Hulu. Hulu. All that's a Disney thing. Like the big... The big one on top is Disney and all this stuff kind of splinters down off of it. And uh, you know, so it's like... It's not necessarily a direct line of like, oh, Disney has Disney Plus and that's it. It's like, no, well, they have Hulu, they have ESPN Plus, they got all the FX stuff with Fox. Right. So, so you would think, okay, I have a Disney Plus, I should get all of this. Well, and that's why you know Disney, Hulu, and ESPN are all right. in one bundle, is yeah. because they're like, they were smart to they, do. That. They were smart to do it, and I signed up for it because I had ESPN Plus, which I'm pretty sure I was paying like nine ninety nine a month for, and then right. I'm like, I could spend four dollars more to get Disney get- Plus. Yeah, and, two additional streaming services. Yeah. Uh, Hulu, and I'm like, I, why would why, I yeah, not it, do it, that? It just makes sense, yeah. And But it, it just it doesn't make sense as far as how we've gotten to this point where everything has to have its own 
plus behind it, yeah. more or less, yeah. to where it's like, why don't, you know, we, we could literally, I mean, technically cable is streaming. Yeah. If I turn on my cable box, I can hit the on-demand, which means I can go to shows that are previously recorded from either my DVR or just Comcast mm-hmm. has their library of shows, TV, or yeah. movies, you know, that I can go watch. So that's technically streaming. But, so, so it's like, why are we getting away from all of this, you know, not necessarily a cable box, but the idea of cable running everything? Yeah. I'm one, one quick point, and then I'll, I'll go back to what you were just saying. It's funny. When I was in college and I was still obsessed with The Walking Dead, I've since fallen off of that show, and it's finally mercifully going to end at like its 11th season or something. But I used to, if I would miss an episode on AMC on Sunday nights at 7 when it came AMC on. AMC Plus? Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. I would go, you could go to amc.com. Like next, the next day I'd be like studying or doing whatever on my computer at home. And I'd just be like, oh, I missed that Walking Dead episode. Right. I got a break. Let me watch the episode. You could go to amc.com, pull up the episode, and it would ask you to log in with your cable information. And then you could just like watch the episode right. on your computer or whatever. And it still had commercials and all that stuff. It was just like you're watching it on TV, but you were just doing it on your computer. So that was kind of streaming. But now AMC has like an actual AMC Plus, which is a streaming service. Yep. So if you don't have cable like I don't now and I wanted to do that and watch Walking Dead episodes that I had missed because I don't have cable, I would have to sign up for AMC Plus. Or find someone that has cable yeah. and use their login. Right. Or do that thing, which I'm sure a lot of people have done, where it's like, oh, there's this show I really want to watch on whatever it is, Paramount Plus, but I don't really want to pay for Paramount Plus. There's a seven-day free trial. Let me sign up, binge watch two seasons worth of this show in seven days, and then just you know know, cancel my subscription speaking of that because it's a known fact that i watched all of game of thrones in a week yeah in like 32 minutes instead (laughs) of using your guys's hbo i could have just done the free trial you really could i would have gotten it done and i would have had time to rewatch it (laughs) you 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 definitely uh paced yourself to where you could have done it within the free trial for sure Hey, it was a good show. I was bored. It was winter time. All well, I had to do was work and watch so, uh, Game of Thrones. So here's another thing too, where like they'll entice you to sign up for something. And again, this is another thing of like how these giant companies are just kind of getting people. And subscriptions are a funny thing. Like w- one quick example before I get into what I was just going to talk about. Like we had this. Uh, we order HelloFresh for our meals each week, so we get like three meals delivered to the if house. If you don't and the cancel, box. all of a sudden you get three more meals. Well, yeah, so that definitely. But then within HelloFresh, they always send you all these coupons for other subscription boxes that you can sign up for. And one of them is like, well, there's actually like two or three different companies, but they're all like wine delivery. Mm-hmm. And one of them was like, oh, you get a hundred dollars off a box of wine. And we were like, sure, let's try it, whatever. So we get this like trial box of wine. It was like. 15 bottles of wine or something like that for like, I don't know, 80, 90 bucks, something right. like that, which is like pretty good. It's pretty nice wine. And then I was like, well, that's all I'm doing though. Like we don't drink enough wine to get like one of these every you month. You know what I mean? Bottles. Yeah. So I, I was, I was very sure to go into the account and they make it like extra difficult to cancel. It's almost like you have to call somebody yeah. to cancel. I had to, I had to call and be like, I signed up with a coupon for the free trial box, which we enjoyed 
but I don't want the subscription. And they're like, of course, they got to give you the hard sell on like, oh, you're like, right, are you sure we'll you dock like it? it? We'll dock and you're you like, down to this. I don't need $150 worth of wine delivered to my house every month. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Please don't send that to me. But that, like, that's, that's literally a bottle of wine every other day. Yeah. Like what they're counting on is you either A, being too lazy to cancel it or B, like not being able to figure it out. And then you're just stuck. And then Dude, every month your credit card gets with, dinged. With how technology has evolved since, you know, Piggybacking off of our last one, like you said, you can't. You should be able to log into your account, and there should be an unsubscribe button. Right. As soon as I hit unsubscribe, just like if I go into Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, I can hit unfollow. Yeah. I'm no longer following that person. Therefore, I am not tied to that person. Yeah. Or at least seeing what they are posting. But you can't go unsubscribe from something. They make it because they're like, guess what? You have to hit up our live chat support. Yeah. And then you hit up live chat or you call them and it's like four hours later and you're yeah. like, I just need to cancel this eight ninety nine a month membership <laughs> yeah, exactly. because I don't use it and I don't yeah. want to pay for it anymore. Yeah. And they're like, we'll give it to you for seven ninety nine. And you go, no. You're, like, you're go, not listening to okay, me. Okay, how about seven forty nine? And you go, I'm going to give you seven forty nine. <laughs> and they're like, so we can put you down as a yes? It's like, no, just cancel it. They're like, okay. Your service has been canceled. Please uh, make sure you get an email confirmation. You get it, and you're like, thank God. Like, yeah. why couldn't I have just hit, like, unsubscribe right, on my exactly. account? Right, exactly. So what I was going to say, like, the the wine box comparison was when I bought – I got this phone. It's a iPhone 12. I got it in, like, February this year or whatever. Upgraded from, like, the 8 or whatever I had last time. Part of the thing, I could, literally could not – that's a whole other rant I won't go on right now, but I literally could not get out of the store for just the cost of the phone – it had to be tied to all this other fucking horse shit that I didn't want. Anyway, one of the things that ended up being kind of cool. Be a next tech episode. <laughs> yeah. Tech and it's horse shit. Tech and it's horse shit. Um, one of the cool things that ended up coming of it, I kept getting this notification on my new iPhone saying, hey, because of the purchase of your new Apple device, you were offering you a free one-year subscription to Apple TV+. And for the longest time, I just kept like hitting ignore, hitting ignore, hitting ignore, because I'm like, I don't really need it. I have too many streaming services right. already. And then finally, it was like, you have a week left to decide if you want your free year. And then I saw the trailer for this show called Foundation. It's this new sci-fi show on there. And I was like, that looks fucking awesome. And it's on Apple TV+. Plus. Oh, and I'm like, you know what? Up. Sure, I'll do the free membership. It's a year. And then I'll, at the end of a year, if I decide I don't want to keep it, I can just cancel it or whatever. So that's how they get you, though. And I guarantee I'll probably end up being an Apple TV Plus subscriber for like the next seven well, years. Well, think of it this way, though. <laughs> you probably spent... What, twelve hundred dollars on your phone? Uh, like eight or nine hundred, I think. Yeah. So you there. just yeah. paid for like fifteen yearly subscriptions of right. Apple TV. Exactly. Because it's so like they're I don't like know, fifteen you know bucks what? a month. Hey, we'll give you we'll give you a yeah, one like, year it's for, for free. free. You're like, and you're like sure bullshit. I just yeah. paid for paid for it with this right. fucking phone. <laughs> Trust me. Don't get me started. That's another. Ask me about that some other time, and I'll go. If you want me to go on a rant. Oh no! I started ranting about <laughs> iPhones when they quit putting headphones with them oh yeah yeah and then they were like we're gonna get rid of your audio jacks is taking up too much space classic Apple. and i'm thing. like wait that means everything i own or well the biggest thing that they did was we're gonna change our charging cable mm-hmm. to the new lightning yeah and then i'm like okay just make sure all your newer like your new shit from here on out is all lightning and like one device came out and it was the old massive charger and i'm yeah. like why <laughs> and then you know i go get a new iphone and I'm like, wait, I don't have a headset to plug into the lightning because you got rid of the audio. And they uh-huh. go, oh, yeah, we don't, you know, put headsets with our new iPhones anymore. And I'm yeah. like, oh, so I have to either have a wireless headset mm-hmm. or I have to go 
buy $30 worth of a piece of shit headset? Yeah, and they're like, yeah. 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 I'm like, oh, okay. And everything's an adapter. Yeah, no, Apple knows exactly what the fuck they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. I love Apple products, but God, they will fucking nickel and dime you for every single Dude, product. Everything. Computers, everything. Like, oh, you need a new space bar? And they're like, no, we're going to have to replace your whole screen. And right. They're like, my space bar's here, my screen's there. And they're like, yeah, go fuck yourself. We need, we need to replace... You know, the space bar and the screen are directly tied together through one fiber. And you're like, why? Who who, who designed that? And they go... <laughs> the guy who wanted to make Apple more yeah. money. <laughs> you can replace your one for no problem. Yeah, the one's fine. We can but your that. space bar? <laughs> yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you're like, oh, thanks. That's so true. Thanks, guys. It's so true. But uh, the, con- the topic that I wanted to get back to, because I got a little bit distracted with a couple of stories, was... I wonder, do you think that there's going to be something, because, you know, we're talking about how these streaming services are just splintering off and it's going to basically just become like another cable. Do you think at some point, do you see there being like a, another consolidation of it all coming back into where it's like you buy or pay for this one device or this one streaming service and you have access to all of this content because it's all kind of meshed into one thing? I will say there are three big players that can make this happen. The whole Disney Plus, you know, the Disney Realm and everything they own because they own a lot of these streaming services. They own a shit ton of it, yeah. Netflix and Prime. Those three could become the new cable providers, more or less. They could become the new Comcast, Dish, and DirecTV. Yeah. And just say, you know, they they could each strike up deals with, I I don't even know what to call them, like TV channels, you know, no. networks, stream, basically. Ne- networks, yeah, all yeah. these other streaming services that they pretty much already own. Yeah. They can strike all their deals with them. And then you get a, you know, that they could be, you know, oh, I pay now from Netflix, it'd go from $7.99 a month probably to $25.99 a month. Right. Or even higher. But I think if if that were to happen, those three would be the ones that did it. Yeah. It, it does not really seem out of the question to see in a few years these some of these companies decide like hey instead of trying to beat them let's just join them kind of thing well, and I, just merging and i think there's there's certain ones like hbo will never they will maintain their own yeah because there's no reason for them to say you know prime was like we want to buy yeah hbo like, I, buy, I think, buy hbo i think I think you're right because HBO's got a couple things going for it. It's owned by Warner Brothers. Like, they have backing of a giant company already. It's it's not like they're on their own. Right. And B, HBO's been doing its thing for a long time. Like, long before Netflix, long before streaming. Like, HBO has a built-in loyal audience. And people know that if you're going to HBO, I mean, it literally stands for home box office. Like, you're expecting quality from HBO. And they know that. And if HBO were to... I would say partner with somebody. It's going to be like Prime coming in saying, "Hey, you get X amount of each subscription. You know, you get like a royalty fee for each subscription, but we get to show these shows and movies yeah. on Prime. So yeah. if, if you own a Prime, you now get some HBO. Yeah, and HBO could go right, but we deserve the rights to tell you which shows and movies right, you get. Right. So in maybe ten years." You know, maybe then would Game of Thrones be pushed out to yeah, Prime, yeah. and then HBO's yeah, going. I could see you know, that. we give we get we're getting rid of like that power grab, more or less, and saying it's been long enough. We've milked out, you yeah. know, all the Game of Thrones fans. Now we're going to spread yeah. it out and just let other people watch it. We still get paid for it, mm-hmm. but I, I just I w- I could see you know like uh, um, like Discovery Plus or Paramount Plus. They're owned by 
you know, they're already owned by one of them, right. more than likely. So I could just see them falling in the umbrella of if you have Prime Video or Netflix, you now have access to yeah all the know, discovery all the shows discovery or shows or the yeah. Paramount Paramount shows. Yeah. You know, so I could see that consolidation coming in of we own the rights now to this, so we're bringing it over to our platform. Yeah, and then with that being said, like it's all these fees are going to go up, uh-huh. and Netflix is already talking about it because for seven ninety nine, I can watch Netflix. Let's see, I have one, two, three TVs, two computers. And my phone all tied to my Netflix account. Right. I can only stream on one at a time, but they're like, yeah. we're going to strictly limit you to a certain IP. And I go, well, what happens if I'm traveling on my phone? Exactly. My IP is different. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't do that. I'm still on my account. And so they're, they're streaming services are trying to find a way to limit the amount of people using specific accounts because they're losing mm-hmm. massive amounts of money. And yeah. I mean... I can't remember. I'd have to find the article, but they were talking like billions of dollars a year being lost by just, you know, like you giving Password me your sharing, HBO, yeah. Yeah. you know, access to that. And it's like, well, yeah, because it's smart if we can do this and we can all work, you know, the 500 people that share one account all work well together. <laughs> yeah. They're Everyone can watch their own shows and understand when they're doing it. it. Yeah. Right. It's like, why would people go away from that? Yeah. The consumer is definitely not going to opt for... Oh yeah, we'd much all we'd much rather all four of us pay fifteen ninety nine a month than one person pay fifteen ninety nine and share the password. Right, that's not going to happen. It's- um, I think one thing, and again, like we can get into kind of some of the content related stuff, but I think one other quick thing that at least I've noticed from using a lot of these is the fact that Netflix is so far ahead of the game, and they really were like the number one player and the first player in the streaming service game for years before anyone else came along to challenge them their app and the amount of content and like the algorithms they use to suggest content to you based on what you watch is far and away to me the best out of all of the streaming service apps like honestly that's probably what is more they probably own more rights to is that algorithm than anything because that is truly like you said is what makes yeah oh you get done watching you know like when I watched The Office for the first time when it was on Netflix, I got done with it, and the first thing that got sent to me was Parks and Rec yep. and The Office UK. Yep. And I'm like, why? And they go, oh, because you liked it, you yeah. finished it. Yeah. You know, we're going to recommend Here's some more this. stuff you might like, yeah. And then you watch a movie, and all of a sudden, yeah. new ones pop in, and you're like, well, wait a second. Yeah. I, I just think using Netflix, I'm always impressed with, I, I think in terms of just how the actual app works, it's far and away the best yep. logistics wise. And then I think, you know, if it was content wise, I would have a different selection. Cause I think there are other ones where like HBO, I've had a lot of issues with their app and it just seems like it's always kind of clunky and not very easy to navigate sometimes, but yet their content to me is better than what you find on Netflix. So it's kind right. of interesting. And then for me, the most frustrating part, and this is why I'm wondering about the whole like consolidation of it at some point is like, I'm not a person who's going, okay, I, w- I want to watch something tonight. I have a Netflix subscription. Let me just hop on Netflix and scroll around. I'm, like, very meticulous in what I want to watch next. Like, I want to watch this yeah. movie or this Yeah, exactly. Show. I'll, I'll be in a mood for a particular movie, and I'll scope out which platform it's on. Or with shows specifically, I'll see trailers for shows, and I'm like, oh, that looks awesome. Oh, look, like that's going to be an Amazon show. Ooh, this looks really good. That's a Hulu show. Or, like... Well, like I did with the Apple TV Plus subscription. Right. It's like, wow, that foundation show looks incredible. 
Looks like I'm going to have to sign up for at least a free trial of Apple TV Plus right. to check that out at one at some point. So it's like I kind of bounce around where the shows are, and it never seems like they're all on one platform. It's very rarely where I'm like two, three, four shows in a row, I'm all watching on Netflix or I'm all watching well, on Hulu. It's like and one will be on Hulu, one's on Amazon, one's on Apple, one's on fucking Disney+. Plus. It's like, oh The next God. one's on Peacock. Yeah. Well, and I think some of that now is going to be, it's going to get even worse because like you said with that new one um, on Apple+, Plus, is, you know, and Netflix was the first one to do this. with, Or I guess you could say HBO was the first one to do this with like an HBO original type, yeah. you know, movies or shows. But Netflix was like, well, now we're going to do our own Netflix originals yep. as, as far as movies. And I think they have a couple shows. They have a bunch of shows. Yeah. Um, I don't watch any of them because most of them are really bad. They got some really good ones, but there's a lot that are not very but good. But then now you have like Prime coming in. And they're like, well, hey, we're doing, you know, with Prime Studios uh-huh. and all of this stuff. And, you know, they're doing, like, the Lord of the Rings show. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, you have Apple Plus, And then, for all we know, Paramount's going to add their own special show. And, like, it's just – it's truly going to be never-ending. And yeah. there's going to come a point where you're like, I can't watch that because I can't sign up for another, right. you know, subscription. So, and I'm kind of screwed because – None of my friends have it because they're in the same boat as me. Yeah, they're like, and I'm. Why I do I need to sign up I for? I'm done. Yeah. Uh, HGTV plus, <laughs> plus YXZ, yeah. you know, Disney yeah. Channel, you know, LMNOP, and you're yeah. like, thanks, thanks, guys. <laughs> um, I remember it being a kind of a big deal when the Netflix originals first happened. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was like. Netflix originally, well, I guess originally, originally was like the DVD delivery service, the rental service, like we already talked about. And then it was like all streaming, but all the things that you were watching on Netflix were previously released movies by other movie studios and previously released TV shows by network television. And they just happened to be on Netflix. Right. And then at a certain point, it was like this big marketing thing of they were pushing out like... House of Cards is a Netflix original. Like yep. we have produced our own show. Orange is the Black Orange is the New Black is a Netflix original. That's our own right. show that we can't made. watch this anywhere but yeah. here. It's not available anywhere else. You can only see this on Netflix. And then that exploded and you and people started to see how much funding and how much money Netflix was putting into producing their own TV shows and their own movies. And then all these other streaming services started to do the same thing because it's kind of remarkable if you think about it. Like, for example, that new Chris Pratt movie, the um, – fuck, I forget the name of the, the kind of the sci-fi, the sci-fi one. one. Yeah. yeah. I don't know um, what it's called, but it looks really fun and like, it, it's interesting. A, it's a, like a time travel type thing. Yeah. We, we actually watch it. It's it's okay. It's it's If you have Amazon, give it a, give it a check. Um, it was literally made by Amazon Studios. Oh, yeah. Like, it's kind of amazing if you think about that. Like, they have their own – you know, maybe they're not as big as Warner Brothers or Paramount not or yet. some other, but like they're their own studio. If I mean, they're like literally producing gigantic sci-fi blockbuster movies that you used to well, only see coming from a major movie studio. I mean, I mean, think of it this way too: Adam Sandler was he was a massive, you know, in the the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, were in my opinion, that was his best work. Oh yeah, you know, Go- like golden years for Billy sure. Billy Madison. Yeah. Hap- Happy Gilmore, yeah. you know, all of those were like Big Daddy. Those yeah. were like his good movies. Yeah. Then he signed, I think it was like close to a quarter of a billion dollar deal yeah, with Netflix. Fucking insane. To release yeah. like eight movies, mm-hmm. just Netflix, you know, and you, yeah, you haven't seen an Adam Sandler movie anywhere but Netflix. Yeah, in a long time. Yeah. And I'm not going to say I haven't watched any of them, but it's one of those things. It's like they're getting stars to agree with mm-hmm. not just going and. You know, doing a movie, 
but going, hey, I'll sign an eight movie deal with Netflix for a quarter billion dollars. And Netflix right. is like, where do we, you know, here, here's the check. Yeah. And Adam Sandler was like, I'll make eight movies for you yeah. where I get to go film them in Hawaii and hang out with my friends. Like, right, yeah, like I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And obviously like, I'm okay. doing that. And, um, you know, Prime's going to do the same. HBO, I mean, HBO's, like we said, it's kind of its, it's, its own different streaming service. It's more yeah, of a, yeah. hey, we make good shit. Here's our shit streaming service. <laughs> we put um, our we put our effort elsewhere. Yeah. I think if you kind of, you know, if you've been watching movies and TV shows or kind of studying the history of movies and TV shows for a long time, there was this definite transition that happened. And I think streaming services really pushed it further along down the train tracks than it was already at where actors and actresses used to kind of look down upon TV as like that was like beneath them like movie stars wouldn't wouldn't be in TV shows TV was the first step to yeah, becoming exactly a exactly movie star. it was like you became a star on a TV show and that was your stepping stone to then be a movie star right that was like the goal nowadays since Netflix and HBO and Showtime and all these places have had like really really good prestige TV shows that have been like absolute phenomenons now it's like just regular that you see massive movie stars and like oscar winning actors and actresses in tv shows right or they want their t- the, the tv yeah. show they're like let's do a yeah i mean you know i'll use the office for example steve carell didn't want to be in the ending like they could have kept going with the office and that is probably one of the most successful cable television shows to ever air in the u.s oh hands as down. far as like, and has the also been one of the most popular streaming shows too right and <laughs> hands down he could have stayed there and they could have drugged that out way past the nine seasons they had. Yeah. But he's like, I want to go do movies. I want to go do bigger things. Like I've made a bigger name for myself. And then he goes to movies and he really doesn't have any big leading roles in any of these movies. Like 40 year old virgins. Funny. It's a good movie. I like it. You know, it's a good, but that was pretty early. I'm pretty sure the office was still being shot when he was 40 year old virgins. Definitely been out for a while. Um, And then you have like Evan Almighty, which was just a massive movie flop. Like, he it was funny movie though I liked it. it right but it was just a huge bust like yeah really really bad cost a shitload of money to not succeed and there's no like big movies that he is the main character in I will say Steve Carell's definitely had a very successful career post The Office what he did was very interesting where he's been one of a handful of actors who have done really, really well at like transitioning from comedy to drama, like real serious drama and being like very successful at it. Um, you know, guys like Robin Williams and Jim Carrey have done that before, but Steve Carell has turned in some like literally Oscar nominated performances in like drama, serious right. drama movies and stuff. So like guys got some real acting chops, but and, and you're right. I don't think he's ever been like a leading man per se. He's not like a Chris Evans or a Robert Downey Jr. or something like that. Um, or a Chris Hemsworth, you know, like some guy that you think of being like a bona fide movie star, but definitely really I mean, good actor. I mean, but most people would look at Steve Carell right now and go, "The Office made you." They're not. They're not going. Most people again will look at him and I go, think, "You're." Yeah, I think to a lot of people, especially younger generations, like he is the guy from The Office. He That's will always be Michael Scott. Yeah. They're not going to know him as Evan Almighty, right. or they're not going to know yeah. him from uh, a more serious movie he will always be known as Michael Scott. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, that's not a bad thing. That's not yeah. a bad thing to, you know, have a TV show that did that. I mean, there's people asking for it to reboot. 
<laughs> and like I'm, I'll, I'm okay with it rebooting. I don't know how it's gonna be because the last episode so that would be, has people going different directions. So that would literally be like the third iteration of that show, right? Because there was a the British version and the American version, and they want to reboot it again. It sounds like yeah, but I think yeah, I don't know. I, I think it would be more of a money grab again type thing. Yeah, a lot of those I just personally don't think those are good ideas, and it, I, I understand why they do it. It's for the money, but I think creatively speaking. It's like, guys, come on. How are I you going to top the success did, of the Did you watch US? Boy Meets World? No, it was like a not Disney really. I, I know what it was. Well, but I don't, they came I out with it. a Girl Meets World. Oh, yeah. And it's their daughter that's going through school. Oh. But it like you watch Boy Meets World, and it's like, I love that show. But then Girl Meets World is just like this is like why yeah like you're just well didn't they do that didn't Netflix do like a Fuller House oh, yeah. it was like a reboot of Full House or whatever I, I never watched the original Full yeah, House either I, but I've watched yeah <laughs> we won't talk about it but yeah I've seen it and, and I I mean if if you want to keep this conversation more of the technology stuff we can or if we want to go into more of like the content related stuff well I think we can the content the- is you know. The content and the technology work with each other. Yeah. Like with the upgrading of the technology and as far as the streaming services go, from the DVDs to the streaming to the streaming making them so much money, it has brought in the content, which will end up building more of a technology-based change in the future. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to touch on, I think the latest kind of crazy industry altering thing that streaming has kind of brought about is you know obviously this was kind of escalated due to the pandemic but i don't think people are really grasping i mean i think a lot of people are but some people aren't really grasping that like there is the potential that the way people used to go see and consume movies is totally dead and that's never going to be a thing again because Throughout the pandemic, so rewind a little bit to March of 2020, you know, obviously not a lot of us want to revisit the last year of being stuck inside and not being able to go do stuff. But like if you just from like the movie consuming movies and TV show perspective and how streaming was able to cater like the stock prices of things like Amazon and Netflix and stuff like that went absolutely through the roof and like the subscriber growth for disney plus and shows and and streaming services like that went absolutely bananas during the pandemic because everyone's stuck at home what are they going to do they're going to consume movies and tv shows and then what started to happen was at the same time as the movie theater and like movie studio industry was like collapsing streaming was going gangbusters and now you have this thing where we're like sort of emerging from the pandemic kind of but not really like in certain places and you have had this it's been very fascinating to watch over the last like year year and a half of there being nothing in theaters to some movies were like we're gonna try all theaters and it either worked or it didn't 99 percent of the time it failed miserably some of them were like we're going straight to streaming and video on demand some of them were going we're gonna go a hybrid of the two and then you have this stuff, and this is what I this is why I wanted to bring this up. It it jogged my memory when we were talking, but I don't know if you read a little bit about Scarlett Johansson was suing Disney for the release of Black Widow being simultaneously in theaters and on Disney Plus for like the thirty dollar fee or whatever, because she was saying her contract she signed with Marvel Studios was that all of her movies that she starred in were gonna be released in theaters. And she she 
makes a certain percentage so of the box anything, office right. gross. And, and box office gross doesn't count as and streaming. Exactly. And like people paying $30 to rent the movie on Disney Plus is not box office, so she's not making money from that. And like who knows how many people did that for Disney Plus. Like how much money was earned from Black Widow was strictly Disney Plus purchases. You know right. what I mean? So she was suing them for like, hey, you guys are paying me based on a percentage of box office and you're not releasing it all the way in box office. Right. What the fuck? That's a breach of my contract, which I totally get. And it's just one of these interesting things where like we're finally, now that we're on the tail end of all this thing, there have been these big movies who have tried different things and either succeeded or failed or some sort of a combination of the both. And now you have like the I think the new we're going to have to reconceptualize what a successful box office run for a movie is when the movie when most people who are going to watch that movie are not going to see it in a theater. You know what I mean? Cuz like Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, the new Marvel movie and um Venom is another big one that just released like this past weekend or yeah, it was this past weekend. These are massively successful movies but in pandemic standards. Right. So like the amount of money that Venom 2 is making right now opening weekend in the box office is probably nothing compared to what Venom 1 made opening weekend in the box office when it came out cuz everyone was still going flocking to the movies and seeing big movies like Venom whereas like now there's probably millions of people who will see Venom who will just wait until it's like I can pay 20 bucks and rent it on Amazon or iTunes or I'll wait till it's on Redbox or whatever the hell. You know what I mean? Where they're like now those studios are losing out on like millions well, and millions well, right. and millions so, of dollars of box office. So profit. if you're a studio or if I was a studio exec, I would look at it and go with theaters open, push everything into the theater because after that we can, you know, it, it, it's, it's like the DVDs, you know, when something would come out in theaters, everyone would go watch it mm-hmm. and then come out on DVD yeah. the next few months, you later, know, a few months yeah. later. Now push it into theaters, let it run its box office course, mm-hmm. and then you push in your streaming services. Because yeah, you can always still do that. You can do both. You're going to make more money, and, and this, is, this is just common business sense. If I push it into theaters only, one person's going to go pay 18 bucks per ticket. If I push it on streaming, I could have 500 people in one room for 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Do the math on that. 500 times 18 or 500 times zero because it's just one by 30. Mm-hmm. But 500 people consumed that. So it's one of those, you know, common sense would say don't put it on a streaming service because the family of four watching it is going to cost you more money to make the movie than you will return from a box office. Yeah. You know. So. One of the big announcements that ties in with this discussion was Warner Brothers, who I think I mentioned a few minutes ago, owns HBO. You know, HBO Max is the now predominant streaming service for HBO. Um, All of the, they announced late 2020 that all of the major Warner Brothers movie releases for the year 2021 were going to be simultaneously released in theater and on HBO Max during the same month. So, like, Wonder Woman 1984, Godzilla vs. Kong, you know, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, The Many Saints of Newark. All these movies are Warner Brothers movies that you could go to a theater and watch, or if you have HBO Max, you could just sit at home, watch it on HBO Max with your regular subscription. And they were not charging extra to see those movies. If you have the subscription to the service, 
you can watch the movie. Right. Whereas like so, Disney Plus made a totally different decision where they're like Cruella or Black Widow is going to be in theaters and on Disney Plus, but if you want to watch it on Disney Plus, you got to rent it for thirty dollars. See, so and it's that's, been very, that's very interesting to see the two, like the companies making these different decisions. Right. You know what I mean? So it it just comes down to how much money do these companies want to lose? Yeah. In a, in a decision like that, like how much are they willing to lose? Basically, because we've seen with Marvel, they make you know a billion dollars box office on opening weekend. Yeah. For a lot, lot of their a lot of them. Yeah. You know, so you could cut that down to two hundred million which for a lot of movies that's like that's that, that's, yeah, really that's really good, good. that's really yeah. successful but for a marvel movie and black widow i would probably guess was probably going to be upwards of six or seven hundred oh yeah you probably. know probably yeah. in that range and yeah if they if they put out the streaming you know instead of like i said you get four people for almost 20 bucks that's 80 bucks you get four people for 30 bucks yeah but it's only one person paying that 30 bucks so yeah. you're losing more than 50% of your and again I don't know how much money they make from the movie theater, you mm-hmm. know. I don't I don't know that, but even then you're losing a large chunk of money by just offering it up. Yeah. And because the thing is is if you don't have a Netflix account or a Disney Plus account, you have to set up a Disney Plus account yeah. to yep. then rent a movie. So not only are you paying $30, but you're having to now pay the monthly fee for the Disney Plus account. Yeah, unless you cancel it. <laughs> which, yeah. if you want to do that just for one movie, that means Disney is making more money from you signing up for their account then than the you actor just... or actress is making from the movie. So yeah. Disney Plus is double dipping, yeah. or the actor or actress is losing money mm-hmm. because you're like, well, we can just do this easy. And... As far as like a movie theater goes, I don't know if you'll ever really be able to get rid of a movie theater. Like, there's no experience. Like, watch, there's there's no movies that watching at home is better than watching in the theater for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I think there's. It's interesting because there's all, with a lot of discussions, I'm able to kind of split my brain down the middle and go. There's like my business minded brain, and then there's like the creative creativity, like artist side of the brain, where I'm like. Creatively speaking and experience-wise and entertainment-wise, nothing beats seeing Interstellar in the theater in IMAX. Oh, yeah. There's just literally the experience of seeing that movie like that for the first time was mind-blowing. Now, I've rewatched it countless times at my house with a really good sound bar and a nice TV and right, but a little subwoofer in the corner and stuff. Not the same. No. It's still good. It's really good. It's better than my phone, but it's not the theater. But I mean like 19... 19- but then you have to think about there's also the business decision of like, and here's what I was going to touch on a little bit is like, I think you're going to start seeing a transition of the only movies that get made where they're spending 300 to $500 million on the budget to make a movie. Like you saw with like Avengers infinity war Avengers Endgame, even like movies like Christopher Nolan makes like interstellar and Dunkirk and tenant where he's spending, you know, 150, $200 million to make this movie. You're going to start seeing less and less of those because the studios are going to say, there's no way we can turn a profit on a movie where we're spending 250 million. We're not going to make that much in box office. It's just not going to happen. Well, uh- so like the budgets are going to shrink and you're going to start seeing probably less and less big giant CGI blockbusters and more and more like smaller dramas and stuff like that with the exception of Marvel Studios. I think at a certain point it's going to be like no one's making blockbusters but Marvel for superhero movies. You know what I mean? I guess a good test for this will be 
James Bond, which is released that, on Friday. Yes, it will be a very good Thursday test. night because yeah. they were supposed to release in April of 2020. Mm-hmm. Then it got pushed back to what October of 2020, yeah, and then I like so, April yeah. of this year, and now they're and like now it's all the way to October. Yeah, you know October, and they're like, but we're full releasing it, and it's only going into theaters. Mm-hmm. That movie was literally ready to be out a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. but they held it. So in my opinion, I'm going. They're smart enough, and their business, you know, analytics team, and their, you know, accountants, and everybody are like, hold that movie. Yeah. Because when you, if you were to release it early, or you know, release it on a streaming service, we're going to lose way more money than we can afford because we owe Daniel Craig like eighty million for <laughs> yeah. a movie, and they probably spent two hundred and fifty million dollars on No Time oh, yeah. to Die or something and like that. And eighty million of that goes to Daniel Craig. Yeah. So if you don't make that money back, then you're just in the hole. Then you literally, you're like, well, now we have to dig into you know the company's money to pay right. off our all all of this stuff. Yeah. The expenses and of making this movie. I bet you this movie makes at least a half a billion. You think so? I bet you this makes a half a billion. <sighs> James Bonds are fucking up there in terms of popularity. And this movie's been on hold for a year and a half. So they've had a year and a half to hype the shit out of it. <laughs> this will make over a, a half a billion dollars. I don't know. I think that might be a little high. And the only reason I say that is... Because um, you don't have faith. Well, I want... No Time to Die to crush it. Like, I've been waiting for this movie. Not as long as Chris has been waiting, but a long time. I'm very... I love James Bond movies. I love the Daniel Craig movies. Um, but I think if you look at, like, the recent big-time releases that were, like, really successful, like Shang-Chi and Venom, they're making a pretty good amount of money, but not nearly that. And, like, again, you do have to... If you, if you encapsulated, like, global... Because I think over in China... Most of the movies that have been released in the past year and a half that have made even a decent amount of money, a lot of it's come from like China. Right. So like the global box office is way different than the U.S. box office. But I just think I, I, I'd have to look it up. I think like opening weekend or something for Shang Chi was like ninety million or something like that, which like for pandemic standards was crushing it. Right. But like if that movie had dropped in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. That movie probably would have grossed, you know, like you said, six or seven hundred million. It's a Marvel movie. It would have fucking crushed it. Those movies like regularly made that type of money, if not more. Like the Spider-Man movies, Iron Man 3 made like a billion dollars or something like that. So I, I think it's gonna it's gonna make good money. I think half a billion might be a little high. But they do have the benefit of all the things you just said, of like it's been on hold for a year and a half. It's going to be exclusively in theaters. The hype has been built this whole time. And also, James Bond is a bona fide pop culture like meg monolith. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like that James Bond's been going for decades. He has a giant brand. He's probably been going for like, you know, centuries at this point. <laughs> so if any movie can kind of break the mold and show that it can make a lot of money during the pandemic, No Time to Die is definitely a good one to bet on, I would say. I would say it is. And I like that they're going away from the whole streaming thing because, again, it takes away from the ideas or, like, the concepts of a movie. The movie is not supposed to be watched in your house. Yeah. Like, I've got a 65-inch TV with a really good sound bar and everything. I can shut off all the lights, pop my own popcorn, 
and no movie out there will be as good as watching it in theaters. Right. We went we went and saw Dunkirk oh, in IMAX. Tremendous, tremendous. Every time I've watched Dunkirk after that, I'm like, it's a great movie. The movie, yeah, nothing yeah. changed with the movie, but the experience it's just not the same. is like a fifth of yeah. what it was when we were in the theater with IMAX. Like, nothing beats the experience. People don't go to the movies to watch the movie and just see the content of the movie. They go to the movies for the experience of the it, movie. It's the visuals. It's the, the sound. Visuals, it's the being sounds. there with a bunch of other people and like reacting to stuff at the same right, time. And I mean, yeah, I don't go for a big screen. You know, I go there because when you're watching it and all of a sudden like you can feel the vibrations of the sound and you yeah. can see the screen kind of shaking yeah. going with what is happening. It just puts you in a different experience than a streaming service is like, man, just go watch the movie as many times as you want. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of those, like, watching Harry Potter in the theaters when things were going on, like, people on the edge, like, you're on the edge of your seat. Yeah. If I were to watch a Harry Potter for the first time ever at my house, I would have gotten done and been like, that was, th- those were great, but, like, yeah. I wasn't like, oh, this is yeah. so cool. Or, like, a scary movie. Scary movies at home are way different than different in the theaters. Yeah. Because in theaters, mm-hmm. you have the jump scares, so you have a bunch of people Going, all oh, jumping back. Like, all or, at the same time. Yeah. Right, the reactions, like... It's all about an experience in the theaters, yeah. whereas a streaming service, no matter how good the movies or shows or whatever is, yeah. will never give you that experience. I totally agree. I just think it's 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 interesting to see what is happening to the movie theater business. Because trust me, no one likes going to the movies more than me. Like I fucking Chris, love it. Chris, maybe Chris, Chris and Zach Chris too. Chris Zach too. loves it too. But um, I mean, it really is for a lot of people. It's like an event. It's like. You can choose on it's a like Friday. Going to a sporting event. Exactly. That's what I was just about to say. It's like on a Friday or Saturday night, you can choose to go to a sporting event. You can choose to go to a comedy show. You can choose to go to a concert. Or you can choose to go to a movie. It's like right. an event. It's a night out. It's like a big thing to do. And the pandemic really kind of just... I don't know if it permanently ruined that experience, at least for the time being. I think for the next couple of years, it, like the movie theater industry, if it does recover, like right now it's hopping along on one leg. You know what I mean? It's like it's trying to survive, but it's really struggling. Well, and I've got opinions on that, but I mean, if we want to try and do like a political episode at some point, we can. But uh, my opinions on that are a lot of more political-wise, especially with what we see going on now. So I'm not going to get into that. But I, I think we need to go back to studios not streaming, like putting them on streaming and solely going into theaters because, one, I think they're going to make way more money. And, two, I think it's going to help, and I'll say this in a non-believing way, the world recover. You know, <laughs> it, it'll, I mean, getting people out and about right now is what we need. Mm-hmm. So it'll help people go out and be like, it's okay yeah. to go watch a movie for two hours and not freak out that that you're gonna die. You know? It's it's very interesting too. To, I was gonna say, well, it's different. You know, you are seeing the communal experience of going to watch sporting events being back in like full force now with like football games, basketball games, all that kind of stuff. Right. Which you're not seeing with theaters. And what I was gonna say is, oh well, the difference is with theaters, you can just watch that movie at home. And like, I mean. Then I caught myself before I even said it. And I'm like, well, you can just watch the game at home too. Right. But again, it's not the same. It's all it's it's all experience. It's all based. the experience. Like you and I just went this past weekend and watched USC and CU play in person, 
that's totally different than if right. we went to the bar down the street and just watched that game on the TV. Right. You're much more plugged in and like excited when big things happen or like, you know, you're reacting with the crowd, all the fans who are going nuts, right. the, you know, the real serious hometown fans. It's the same thing as a movie, you know, like it's l- like we said, it's the like experience. there's nothing beats being in like a packed IMAX theater opening weekend for the dark Knight or something yeah, or like n- a big, or the Avengers or something. I mean, everyone is like so pumped to be there and Bro, see this movie and just get mind blown. I mean, think about it. People would literally dress up like Harry Potter's people yeah. are dressed up in robes and you know, whatever, you know, um, house they wanted. Like they had hats, wands, you know, same the with fake scar, the, little right, Harry the fake scar, scar yeah. glasses, same with Batman. People were dressing up as Batman, mm-hmm. the Joker, Bane, you know, like all this shit. It is an event. Yeah. It is an experience. It's so it's, exciting. I it's love not it. Like, I love it. Like you're not going to get dressed up as Batman and go sit on your couch in a rubber <laughs> right, suit right, and watch yeah. it. You look like a I fucking mean, lunatic. You might. I mean, some people but, probably did, but. <laughs> but like, you know, you want to go out and experience that. She's going to keep uh, going crazy yeah. before you do this. <laughs> um. But it, but yeah, I think we can. I mean, how much how much more do you want to? I mean, we could we. I mean, we could keep talking about it. It's gonna, but I think as far as like the whole streaming services and how we consume our movies, like we, yeah. we hit it pretty. I think we did yeah. pretty good, and I think the future of it is yeah, we're cable will probably go away, and it'll be streaming services consolidating networks and owning the rights to that. I think it probably will. So yeah. we're gonna get away from. You know, I mean, with ESPN Plus, like you can stream games where almost wherever you're at, as long as you have ESPN Plus. Yeah. Right. Some some of the live TV stuff you can't watch just yet because it's not an ESPN Plus, you know, streamed game. But I think eventually we're going to get to the point where streaming services will own network rights and they're going to air all the shit on there. I think so. So yeah. hopefully we can get rid of Comcast and. Uh, uh, that's the only one I use. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this is a good convo. I, I we yeah, wanted I, to kind of cover this as a topic for a while, and I think it was a perfect piggyback on our technology, technology episode. I think it's from a good week. step yeah. for, like Zach said at the beginning, kind of a mini series. We're not going to make it a point to go out of our way to like every other week we're doing a mini series on this, kind of like we did with the movie flashbacks. It's just going to be if there's a tech idea that we can relate back to our tech episode, we're probably going to just call it a tech yeah. spinoff because. Like we said in that episode, which if you haven't listened, go back to last week, give it a listen. Tell us your tech ideas that maybe we didn't cover because it's literally endless at this point in time. Yeah. We I won't mean, be able to cover yeah. everything. Anything that's related to technology. If you want to do like a look back on how technology has advanced, similar to what we talked about last year. If you want to do a look forward, which I think we definitely want to do a few episodes like about artificial intelligence. Yeah, I was going to say, we're definitely going to do Even just AI about one. like, you know, self-driving cars or even space travel. Just stuff that's like future thinking um we definitely want to get into all that kind of stuff too. yeah and so, really just like you said those those topics are endless you can get nanotechnology right like so, so all it's all tech shit. spin-offs and yeah. you know last week's episode is more of a setup i think to just say hey we're open to just all the ideas yeah and this is the first one that we had so yeah. it just stimulates good conversation because i just I, this is the type of stuff that i do think about a lot on my own and it's just nice to like talk about it with someone else at length and pick their brain and like right. get other op- yeah. opinions. Yeah. Like, what do you think? Do you think this is also as really as fascinating as I do? And some people are like, yeah, no, I don't really give a shit. And other people are like, yeah, this is crazy. I can't believe this is happening. You know, like, I mean, it's the world we live in right now. So yeah. it's, you know, if you're into movies and shows, which I never watch shows or anything, but 
Um, you know, if I did, I would like to stream them. Yeah. And make it easier. Well, you only watch two shows. You watch Band of Brothers and The Office. Well, I'm almost done with The Office, but <laughs> yeah. Really quick for the listeners before we, we uh, sign off. How many times have you seen The Office and how many times have you seen Band of Brothers, you think? The Office, I'm probably on my 10th go around. <laughs> Holy shit. What about Band of Brothers? Oh, upwards of 50, 50 plus. <laughs> God, but again, a lot of the times when I watch these, it's I'm at home and I'm working and I just need background noise. So I yeah. play it on my TV while I'm working. I'm not like in, I'm not like, like when I watch Band of Brothers, I'm not glued to the TV for mm-hmm. all 10 hours of the episodes. I know what's going on. I've seen them that many times. I know what's going on at certain yeah. points. So I can play in the background when I want to get interested or take a 30 minute or 30 second break, not a 30 minute break. I don't take that many breaks when I work, but a 30 second break when I'm working, I can lean back, watch what I know is about to happen. And then be like, okay, now it's kind of a bunch of dialogue until, you know, this specific scene. Yeah. And then I'll take another little break. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't sit there the whole time and just watch, you know, it's still crazy though. That's a lot. Dude. Harry Potter's probably in the 50 plus range too. Now, <laughs> And I'll probably insane. rewatch that. Come, I'll probably watch that two more times before the end of the year. So I got one more book to read, and then I'm starting Harry Potter again for the first time since I was like 10 years so old. I so I need to get the books. I keep forgetting to grab them when I'm at my parents' house, but I need to get them and actually read them. But if you my, want, you can borrow them from me when I'm done. My just lazy ass just refuses to grab the books when I'm home, <laughs> and my lazy ass will probably be like, why am I reading this when I could just, <laughs> just watch the movie. movie on? I think I'm going to go do like a read a book, watch the movie, read a book, watch the movie. I think that's what I'm going to do. I haven't read those since I was like legitimately 10 or 12 years old. So yeah, me it'll, it'll be interesting. <laughs> I'm pumped. But anyway, but yeah, this is, uh, we got to sign off before your dog literally like eats my hand. Yeah. She's been trying to like rip my arm off this whole time. Yeah. But yeah, this is, uh, our, you know, our first tech spinoff on, uh, streaming services and how we consume our movies. So like we said, if you guys have any other ideas, um, about technology or just anything, you know, Reach out to us. Uh, you know, you can always catch our live stream on twitch.tv slash the Just Browsing Podcast. You can come see our pretty faces and my psycho dog. Yeah, and then watch um, Luna attack me. But, yeah, the thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back with another episode next week. And we have no idea what will be on, so stand by, and uh, we'll be <laughs> back uh, We'll be back next week. So thanks yeah. for tuning in. Till next time, everybody. Thanks for joining. Awkward silence. <laughs>